0: All right, well, if you will turn in a copy of God's Word to Hebrews chapter 12. Lord willing, next week we'll be returned to our study of the life of Abraham. It feels like forever since we've been there. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, we're we're just going to be reading three verses this morning. Uh, Diane, um, I texted her this, this week on Tuesday, letting her know I didn't have a sermon topic yet. I didn't on Wednesday. And didn't come till Thursday morning at 10 o'clock. And it wasn't because I hadn't been praying or studying. I wasn't ready for it. Uh, and so I want to share with you some verses that uh, even since I wrote the sermon, the Lord has been uh, working on in my heart, and I hope He will do the same for you. Uh, this is Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Hear now the word of the Lord. Therefore, since we have, since Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. So, Father, we are thankful for your word in this new year. Would you work a new thing in our hearts, that we might love you and love Jesus and neighbor all the more. We ask these things in the name of Christ. Amen. Uh, Usually, at the beginning of the year, I like to take an opportunity to set before us a some sort of, it's in my files as a New Year's sermon, and we've done fancy acrostics, and we've talked about themes for the year, which I usually forget about by February. This year, I simply want to talk about what it would look like to, to run the race well in 2023, to live the Christian life well in 2023. You know, we should attempt big things for God. We should aim high, dream big. I think oftentimes we don't have big enough prayers for the Lord. I don't, we don't think we have big enough prayers for our families and for ourselves, our fight with sin, for the growth of His kingdom, the salvation of the lost, and the healing of the sick. At the same time, we do have to remember also that, that we live in the ordinary. We live in the ins and outs of normal life that our our lives really are not defined by those big decisions. How many big decisions have you made in your life? A new job, a husband, a wife, a a move? Those those do come sometimes, but but normally, day-to-day life mainly consists of faithfully plotting, of being faithful to the Lord and where we work and where we live and where we play, the grind, as it were, My call today is that we might run this race well, the day in and the day out, of being believers. Wherever the Lord has called you, if you're a mother or a husband or a father or a son or a daughter, if your parents are living or not, if you're caring for them or not, I know many have been through that recently, whatever the Lord has called you to, He has set before you a course, a course of life, and He has set before me the same, and so my prayer, my goal, my, my charge is that we would run the race well in 2023. Let me first start by encouraging you. You can do it. You can do it. Now, not by yourself. Let me be real clear on that. You can't do it. You can do it. Both are true. You can't do it in your own strength. You can do it in the Lord. I don't know what 2022 held for you. If it was like most years, it had both. Uh, joy and tragedy it had its ups and its downs it had its failures and successes but i want you to take a stock where you are right now you made it it's 2023 now there may be wounds that may have to be dealt with from 2022 but those can be dealt with this year you, you made it and so you can make it with whatever the lord puts before you this year as well There may still be scars from years past. But the balm of Jesus is not just at death, where all our sin, sorrow, pain, and death are taken away, but but also now. As the future comes crashing in, He offers hope and healing now, if you pursue it. I wonder, does Jesus still have His scars on His hands? I don't know what 2023 will hold for you. I don't know what it'll hold for me. I don't know what it'll hold between now and the end of my sermon. Perhaps some of you will fall asleep. I'm thankful (laughs) that I don't know what the future holds. I could not handle it. As I think about the things that happened in 2022, I'm glad I didn't know about them. Aren't you? But I do know. So whatever comes our way, you can get through it. Do you have daunting things that you do know about this year? You can do it. You can't do it. You can do it. The truth of Philippians 4, 12 and 13. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In every and any circumstance, I have learned the secret, learned, learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know That passage is not about winning the football game. I hope you win the football game. It's not something that we should just put on the back of our bumper sticker and it means we'll get there on time and safely. It doesn't work like that. That text is especially talking about in good and bad times and uncertain times, God will see you through it as you look to Him for strength. So my first point is you can do it. You can't do it, but you can do it with Jesus. Our text continues, or rather it starts with this great line, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... What, The therefore here is is there for a reason, and that's looking back to Hebrews 11. The the hall of faith is the author uh, to the Hebrews gives us this long list of Old Testament saints, and he commends them for their trust in the Lord. And and many of them had successes and failures. Many of them had failures. Many of them faced great trials and tribulations, and yet God, by His faithfulness, got them through it as they looked to Him in faith. You know, the, the, the picture that we're given here is not a cloud of like a cirrus cloud in the sky that's not the kind of cloud it's talking about it's kind of like a host a, a great number it's like the crowds at a football game we are surrounded by the testimony by the evidence of the saints who have gone before us and guess what god never failed one of them not a single one they're all their hardships they're all their pains they're all their trials god never failed them now their lives might have looked upside down if you looked at it from the outside have you ever been there? I know I have. But God never failed him; He was always there for him, always strengthening them, always pointing them to Himself, always fulfilling in them His plan to make them more like Jesus. The picture that we're painted here of the Christian life as a race, we're in a Colosseum, a Roman Colosseum, and there's this great crowd like at an Alabama or Auburn game, and they are yelling louder than it, it ever can be. You know, um, uh, down in the swamp. That, that, that place is so loud. right? Some of these stadiums, you can, you can hardly even hear yourself think. Death Valley. It's louder than that. As the saints who have gone before us cheer us on. Now, they're not looking down, watching our lives. That's not what this text is saying. Rather, the, the history of their lives, the story of their lives, of God's faithfulness in their lives, and their faithful walk with Jesus it encourages us that, that they went through it, they got through it. Some of them to the point of death. And so can we. Listen to the testimonials of the saints who went before you and be encouraged. Um, you know, sometimes on Amazon, uh, I wish I'd read the reviews. I'm a big audiobook guy, and I started this new one that was on sale. You should always be careful of audiobooks that are on sale. And uh, it's 30 hours long, and uh, I made it through about five hours, and I thought, I-, I need to go back and read the reviews of this book. And one after the other said, this is a terrible book. It's a slog. It's a great ending, but the rest of it's terrible. And so I quit. I wish I had read the testimonials of what I was getting myself into. Let me tell you about the testimonials of your life. God is faithful. And He will not just get you through it, right? We're not about surviving. But we can thrive. We can have... Faithful endurance. I love uh, Colossians 1, verse 11. May you be strengthened with all power, according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience, comma, with joy. That's the kicker, isn't it? With joy. We're called to run this race. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance, the faith, excuse me, the race that is set before us. Christian life is not a sprint. Um, it begins quickly. You go from lying dead on the ground, and then Christ gives you life, and you start running the race. And so you go from zero to three miles an hour pretty quick, right? The Christian life is, a, is not a sprint, it is a marathon. It is a day-in and day-out walk. It's a slow, methodical, methodical plotting of faithful believers living out God's plan and call upon them on a day-to-day basis. And y'all, unless the Lord comes or He calls you home, our Christian life will include the next 357 days of what we call 2023. There's something to notice about this race that This race is set before us. Did did you catch that? This is really interesting. It's not the race they chose. What part of your life have you chosen? I mean, really chosen? Very little. Very little. You're involved with big decisions, right? I mean, God gives us uh, the ability to make decisions and moves us by His Holy Spirit to what He would have us do through His Word and through prayer and the community of the saints. Uh, But really, day-to-day life. Very little of what comes before us is chosen by us. In fact, oftentimes we try to choose the opposite. But there is a race, a course, that is set before you by God. And it is the race, the course of your life. No one's course is the same. And sometimes some people seem to have more pain than others. Sometimes God seems to put before others more bumps along the way. Sometimes there are meanderings off the straight and narrow as we mix metaphors as well. But God has set before His people a course that He calls them to run and He has from the beginning of the foundation of the world set that course for you. That means it's never a surprise. And I'm thankful for that. Have you ever been lost in the woods? I lost my four-wheeler once. You shouldn't do that. I got off my four-wheeler and started walking around. I had a compass and a topo map, and I found out I didn't know how to use a compass or a topo map. And uh, I thought I did. Turns out I was on the wrong hill. And uh, 45 minutes later, as I could not find my four wheeler, I sat down and prayed, Oh Lord, help me find my four wheeler. <laughs> um, I had a point, I don't know what it was though. <laughs> My formula was green, too. Don't make those things green. I I did have a point for that. However the Holy Spirit uses that illustration in your life, bless it. Uh, (laughs) Your course has been set by God. Your course has been set by God. It may not be the one you chose, but He set it. This happened this weekend to me. Uh, So, um the kids are out of town christy and the kids are out of town for a couple days seeing family and uh and i've been looking all week to hunting yesterday afternoon i've been twice all year uh praise god uh and so i'm in a hunting camp with with one other person i guess you call it a hunting camp when there are two people i don't know and uh, we have two fields in order to get to one you have to go through the other and you can only hunt one at a time we talked earlier this week of where we are going to hunt, when we were going to hunt. And, and my days were Friday and Saturday. His were Sunday and Monday. And uh, so, I, man, I was so excited. And I, I got my truck. Got my, I got my camo on, even though I was going to be in a shooting house, so they couldn't see me. And I went out, and I rolled up into the gate, and it was open. I thought, oh, no. And there was his car. And he wasn't at the house working. And we don't have cell, cell service out there. He was in the field. And by the time i get back to uh, to, to civilization, the cell phone services, it was going to be like 3.30, 3.45, so it wasn't going to do any good to call anybody. And I kept thinking, my, I wish I wasn't preaching on this text tomorrow. <laughs> I really wish I wasn't. Because I know what's going on. God has set a different course for my day than I thought. And guess what? It was good. Because... We're heading up to, uh, I'm doing Chrissy's uncle's funeral in Ohio on Friday, and she called me at 5.15. I still would have been in the woods or coming out at that point and said there are three tickets left on the flight home. Three. And it's filling up fast. Oh, man. This is why God did this. Now, sometimes he tells us, sometimes he doesn't. May the Lord give me the faithfulness to run the race that he has given me. We're told in um, in this passage to lay let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. We're, we're told to to put off, take away, to renounce, to set aside two different things. Now you have to understand that in this context of the Christian race in a colosseum in, in the Roman world, uh, do you know what they wore when they ran races? Nothing. Okay. Thank thank God for progress. Right. And so, uh, so this is talking about taking off your clothes before you run. Please don't do that. But the, this is the concept. Take off anything that would hinder you in your Christian race. The first thing we're told to set, set aside is any weight. Now a weight here, we're going to talk about sin in a second. A weight is an amoral thing. This is something that may be good otherwise, but is hindering your Christian walk. Is there anything in your life that is hindering your Christian walk that the world may look at and say, hey, that's a good thing? You know, is it a cable package? Saturdays are great days for family. I'm going to meddle for just a second. But 12 hours of football keeps you from your children. Okay, that, that's a hindrance. That's a weight. Are you overcommitted? And it keeps you from being in worship. That thing's got to go. What about your phone i have this habit of i've got to stop it i check i I sit down with my bible study you can't have a devotion without coffee you get your coffee and uh and i found that i cannot check my email before i do my bible study because in my mind is in 12 different places where it might look up and it's 30 minutes later i hadn't done my bible study are there things that you need to set aside that are keeping you from walking with jesus faithfully You know, sometimes we're offered promotions at work that would hinder our walk with the Lord or hurt our family. Sometimes we find that our possessions own us more than we own them. Sometimes simpler is better because it keeps us from being overcommitted. Sometimes being in town helps us foster relationships. Are there things that need to change so that you can walk better with Jesus? The other thing we're told to set aside here. Is, uh, is sin. Now, we should always set aside sin, and obedience is a dish best served immediately. We're told here to, uh, to cast aside, set aside, uh, sin that clings so closely to us. The picture here is of something wrapped around your legs when you're trying to run. Open, unconfessed, undealt-with sin will keep you from walking with Jesus faithfully. It will. It will hinder your prayers. It'll make you miserable. It invites the discipline of the Lord and long enough, over a long period of time, might say something about your walk with Jesus at all. And so we are told not to tarry, not to wait. Throw it off any sin that might be clinging to you like a snake sheds its skin. Or like those, those uh, lizards, which allow their tails to come off so they might escape. It might cost you. You might save your soul. Running shackled at the feet doesn't work so well you know scripture is full of examples of entangling sin like king david it began with one thing and then he had to quote unquote kill uriah right in order to cover his sin and then he waited about a year to confess his sin and then his son was taken from him it was a terrible thing this sin that clung to him you know saran wrap it, it clings to things Static electricity, pulling things to you. Is there a sin, some habit of a setting sin that you need to set aside? By the way, if you need help with that, come talk to me. I'd love to help you with that. Jesus calls us to live in freedom, and I would love to help you with that. God is good at new beginnings, and he offers them all the time. We have it in salvation, and he offers it any time to us. You want to start over? Hey, let's do that. Let's do that thing. He loves that thing. Well... We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. We do these things not in our strength as we think about what it looks like to, uh, to run the race well in 2023. There's nothing we can do on our own. We have to look to Jesus. And we're told this twice in verses 2 and 3 using two different verbs. Let me read that for us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. There's a nuance here with these two verbs which mean to look. The first in verse 2, looking to Jesus, means to intentionally take your eyes off of one thing and to put it on another. It's like what we do in repentance. we, We stop moving in the direction of sin and we start moving in the direction of Jesus. It's like when you're running, do you look at your feet? Not if you want to continue to run very long. You look at the horizon. You look at what's in front of you. And so we must take our eyes off of our sin, off of ourselves, off of what others have done to us, off of our successes and off of our failures. We have to take our our focus off ourselves and to put them on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The author or founder here is better translated as pioneer or forerunner. Christ has trailblazed the path before us. The path that He has set before you, He has gone forth with a machete and He has cleared it for you. Though there may be roots along the way, though there may be failures and successes, though there may be uphill climbs and downhill tumbles, your path has been cleared by Jesus. The valleys brought up, the hills brought low, Christ has gone before us in the obedience to the Father, fulfilling the law, dying in our place. And Now He has authored and created faith within us by the work of the Spirit. He is the one who thought the, the shame of being hanged on a tree naked, the blood pouring out of His hands, His side, His feet, and down His face. He saw that as a light thing. Despising the shame, that is, discounting it, is something not to be worried about because of the joy that was set before. And did you hear the joy of the cross? What's it talking about? As one author put it, there is a crown beyond the cross. Looking beyond what the cross would accomplish, being united with his Father, being glorified in heaven, but especially bringing many sons to glory. That through his cross and the crown of the resurrection morning, and His enthronement in heaven at His ascension, that He would bring us to salvation. Look to Him, the One who loves you. Look to Him, the One who gives you strength. Look to Him, the One who is coming back one day. I love what Kent Hughes said about this text. He said, we must be totally absorbed with Jesus. Success in 2023, you'll get through it. Depends on. It's really up to you in many ways the condition in which you get through it. You can get through trials better when you put your faith in Jesus, when you put your eyes on Jesus, when you look to Him, when you run to Him. Don't you remember when you first started dating your future husband or wife? Don't you remember that? You're completely absorbed with them. And the more time you spent with Him, the more you absorbed with them. I remember um, in, in college, in the fraternity, you know, we get so mad at our friends who, had, who finally found the right one because they stopped hanging out with us. They were so absorbed. And then you'd meet yours and you said, All right, God, see you later. Right. That's the kind of thing with Jesus. Are we, are we, may the Lord grant us that absorption. May we be totally absorbed with Jesus. The second word for looking to Jesus here says to consider Him in verse 3. It's a different kind of word. It's an accounting term meaning to weigh, to compare. And it's in the context of when we grow weary and faint-hearted. There will be times in 2023 where you think you can't go a step further. I know there will be. Because there was last year, the year before, and the year before that. And in those moments, we are called to consider Jesus and all that He went through. Why? For you. Because He loves you. And though you may not be able to see them, on the edges of that path, the course through your wood, the woods you're running, they're guardrails. You can't go beyond where He has you. And there's nothing that can come through those woods that'll snatch you away from Him. And so, my call this morning is that as we seek to run the race in 2023, may we do it well. You can do it, but not alone. God will help you, and He has set the course before you, and He calls you to lay aside anything that would keep you from living in freedom, living in the power of the victory achieved at the cross. You will find success. You will find success as you keep the eyes of your heart squarely fixed on Jesus, even when you call out to Him as you stumble and fall again. And because you're weary and faint-hearted, don't think you can go one more step. Let me close by saying that uh, if you don't know Jesus, I pray that today will be the day of your salvation. See, the reality is we're planning for 2023, but we don't know that 2023 is going to even happen beyond today, beyond right now. Christ may come again, and I would be thrilled And I hope that you'll be caught up into heaven with me. We can high-five each other on the way up. right? Praise God. But let me tell you something. You have to turn away from your sin. You have to turn away from your sin. If your sin is more precious to you than Jesus, then turn from it to Him today. See, he took up the sin and the guilt of his believers, of his children, of his people on the cross. Are you still bearing your sin? Do you love it more than Jesus? Turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. Because he's coming back. Will you be ready? Let's pray. And so, Father, as we come to the Lord's table, prepare our hearts. We thank you for the love of Christ. We thank you that he would bear upon himself the marks which we deserve. We pray these things in the name of Christ. Amen.